Yo, what's up everybody? It's Blaine and Brooks here for the 12th Man Podcast. We took the last couple of weeks off because we were traveling from outside of our traditional habitat. Brooks was in Paris. I was in Carmen del Playa. Brooks is still in Paris, but the show must go on. So today we're going to pick... The show must go on. So today we're going to pick up where we left off and talk about what's going on on the east coast, northeast coast of England, the Geordie Shore, Newcastle. The Saudi takeover has finally happened and people are pissed. And I'm not really sure why. So Brooks, let's get jump straight into it and figure out why are people so mad about the uh, the Saudi takeover? What does this mean for football in Britain? What does it mean for football in Europe, worldwide? And will Newcastle actually end up being a real contender in the Premier League and eventually Europe in the next three to five seasons? What do you think? I mean, don't answer them all at once. Let's start at the top. Well, first of all, what are you? Are you pissed? No. Yeah, same. Absolutely not. Not pissed at all. I'm happy, man. I'm all those boys and girls in Newcastle that just it's like it's like your your parents got divorced and one of them just married a billionaire. You're getting everything you want for Christmas. Yeah, because like to be honest, Newcastle is a very big fan base. They are great fans. They love their club. Yeah. They're super loyal. So mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I think that the only people that are made I don't know who's pissed. I know that people are pissed. I don't think the only reason is because you are upset that, you know, your mom didn't marry the millionaire or whatever. You exactly. You're mad because you didn't get chose. Yeah, exactly. So I, on that note, I think you know we've talked about this a little bit. Like, I'm a little confused as to why Newcastle of all places. Um, I you know Brentford is available. QPR is available. I mean, available anyone. If you got that much money, anyone's available. Um, they got more yeah. money than any other owners in world football, right? Yeah. So, I, I, I mean, I don't really know why I've all played. No offense to Newcastle. I'm sorry if this comes out the wrong way. The people that live on, on, you know, on the Northeast Coast. I love, you know, London. I'm a big fan of cities in general. From Los Angeles, live in New York, like currently in Paris. I love cities. So, you know, to me, I would probably prefer to be in a bigger city. But, you know, they have their reasons. Um, and I hope that they kind of, I'm sure Alan Shearer is super excited about this takeover. You know, maybe we're going to see them challenging for the top spots. I do think that with that amount of money, if they have the same ambition as these other Saudi Arabian owners that have bought football clubs, they're going to be challenging for top four in, you know, no time at all. New coach, new players. It's going to be a kind of a complete makeover. These things do take a little bit of time. We've seen it with PSG, um, but it doesn't take much time to buy the best players. You know, we saw that when, you know, China got all the money the last few years, you know, they picked up Oscar, they picked up Hulk, they picked up Carlos Tevez, you know, it's the money will bring players in. Um, I just think that they need to find a coach that knows what type of system they want to run, that can stay there a few years, knows what kind of players they want to bring in, that can fit that system. And, you know, if they can do all that right, I think that, you know, they'll have no problem challenging soon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and like, granted, Newcastle is one off the bottom of the Premier League right now at, you know, 19th in the league. But they have some good guys on their team, or at least one good guy. Who's that one good guy? The French. The French. Max Max Allen St. Maxima. Yeah. Great. And I mean, Joe Willock. I'll give him something from coming from Arsenal. Okay, but. yeah, shout out to Joe. Callum Wilson. I mean, they got, I mean, like, they're, all, like, they play in the Premier League. The like, Brazilian who can't bums. score goals, though, that was a money not well spent, in my opinion. Who is that? 
what's his name? The striker. Uh, Will, uh, Joe, Joe Ellington? Joe Ellington. Like, dude. Is that him? Is he Brazilian? Joe Willa came on six months and put more goals in than that guy came, than that guy's done in like two years. But like 40 dude, plus million for him. Okay, I'll be honest. I had no idea Joe Ellington was Brazilian. That's because yeah. he wasn't scoring goals, so I would have never made the correlation. Yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah, so I mean they got they got some scrubs, but they got they got at least let's say three or four guys on the team that it's like when City had the takeover, they had some guys in the squad that remained like um Vincent Company, yeah. I think was there before the takeover. Was, yeah. I mean, I can't think of anyone else to be honest, but I mean I mean Kuhn came pretty quickly after King Kuhn came for that money as soon as that I think it was Kuhn and Yaya that were like the first on that money, but yeah. He's like, came over from Madrid yep. and Barcelona. Just look, he said, how much? Kuhn said, how let me sign this Puma deal and I'll be right over to City in no mm -hmm. time. Make no mistake. But uh, yeah, so I think I think they got a good place to start with some of those guys. Um, yeah, like but, said, but I mean, that, that much money, out. they could clean house and <laughs> sign everyone new. They really don't need to keep anyone on that squad right now. But, you know, who knows? I don't know. Are they going to get started in January? Are they going to wait till summer? What, what's what's the word on the street right now? They're firing their coach. So right? I feel like they have to. I feel like they got to get a coach, and they have to make a statement signing on January. Like I'm talking January first. They got to. They got to like say like, yep. Yeah, mm -hmm, like we like we signed. Uh, I mean, someone like I've heard Raheem Sterling's name floated. Really. Um. Rumors are he's not happy at Man City. I've heard his name floated. I've heard that's probably the only real name that I've heard. To be honest, I don't know. I've, I mean, just speculating. Yeah, I've only nope. heard people talking, like you know, Bleacher Report or Four Three Three. These Instagram posts put up, you know, the jokes about the first few signings. That's literally the PSG squad. But yeah, I don't really know. <laughs> I don't really know who's going to be the first signing. I would imagine an English player, though. That's you know, that's going to be my. My take on it is that their first signing will be a player who's English, um, probably already playing in the Premier League. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, I think I also. I mean, I hate to. I also heard like Lacazette's name floated. Really? Um, because he, but he, he already said he's leaving Arsenal at the end of the season, right? Why he doesn't get more playing time is beyond me. Every week he doesn't start. I'm confused. I'm like he consistently gets goals they bring him off the bench right. and he scores yeah i don't know what else they want great hold up play scores goals makes the right passes moves well off the ball who yeah, i don't know i don't know i mean not to change the subject but in the last few weeks Mikel arteta has looked like he knows what he's doing with arsenal but it's taken <laughs> over a year to get to what i've yeah. to what i'd like to see in four weeks so Back to Newcastle. Sorry. This, we, ain't talk, <laughs> we ain't talking about no gunners today unless they're going to Newcastle. So, Lacazette, you are now wearing black and white with the gold trim. Um, so, here, here's the curious thing. So, you're not mad about it. I'm not mad about it. I feel like a lot of people are excited. Like like you said, Man City, uh, they got money. Roman Abramovich brought money to Chelsea. Um, there's a lot of clubs whose owners do have lots of money that, but they don't, they don't spend. Yeah, Arsenal is one of those. Insert, yeah, exactly. Insert Arsenal. 
Um, can't really say the same thing about Man U. I feel like Man U's painted a picture of themselves that they don't spend, but then you go and look at their transfer yeah. history, and it's like, they do spend, they just don't spend well. They don't spend well, and they... Yeah, they don't spend well. They don't buy, like, aside from Pog, but they don't buy high-profile names. They get some good frees, Ibra, Cavani. But, yeah, they don't really spend well, I would say. Aside from Pogba. Yeah, like, Danny Vandebeek. Man, come on. Just played, like, 13 games and out of, you know, he could have appeared now, like, 150 times. But, uh, you know, maybe he'll go to Newcastle. The field is white or ripe or whatever the saying is. But, um... But people are mad, and they're saying, like, oh, yeah, like, this is destroying football. Yeah. This is going to destroy right. the game. And I honestly don't – I like, I can't for the life of me understand where that argument or sentiment comes from. I don't see this doing anything but furthering the game and bringing joy to a city that, frankly, is full of fans that don't deserve to be, you know, suffering through this much – this much hardship after ha- after the player with the most goals in the history of the league played for your club. Totally. Yeah. Like, I, you deserve slightly better than what you have, at least. Yeah, that, I mean, they're a great fan base. They are super loyal to their club. And, yeah, they've had, you know, they, they, they are, I don't know how to say this properly, they are the owner of the most player with the most goals in EPL history. Like, there's, I, you, you deserve more than to be last place. And, you know, relegated a few years ago and then brought back up and relegated and then brought back up. Like, they just, it's been too much. They definitely deserve to be uh, in a better position than they're in currently. So I think, obviously, this will help them. But, yeah, Newcastle's been through some 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 rough times lately. And I remember, I think it was, like, 2011, I was asking one of my friends, I'm like, who's your, who's your club? And he said, Newcastle. I said, Newcastle. Was it Matt? Yeah, 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 Matt. <laughs> Dude, he put on for Newcastle. He put, I still oh, I had the jersey why. and everything. But I still don't know why. I, I'm like, well, how long of a fan have you been of Newcastle? So, like, were you like, I don't know. So, one of the things I will say is these people that are upset about the takeover are older. Um, you know, I guess you would say purists of the English game, not of football, of the English game. But like, if you're the, if you're really like a purist then you should have been out of the English game when the Premier League came because that's when all the money started to really come to it. You know. Yeah, it's owned by a bank, Barkley. I mean, come on. So I don't really know what to say there. Also, like, why weren't you this mad about City? Why weren't you this mad about when, like, Americans came in and bought the club? Like, what? why are you mad? They To, to, to kind of just play off of your point a little bit, all they're going to do is buy great players, bring them to the Premier League, bring them to Newcastle, and they're going to probably make the most exciting league in the world more exciting who's gonna i mean it's gonna be really interesting to see some newcastle talent going up against the best teams in in england and you know probably potentially winning against those teams so you know it's only gonna make it more exciting i think well and to piggyback off that i mean so you think of it from a sporting standpoint okay there's now another competitive team in the league that's about to get a sponsorship from Nike or Adidas and get four kits per season and mm-hmm. you know, all this revenue for, I mean, that that's from a sporting standpoint, but think about the city of Newcastle. Okay. Now you have superstars in your city. You have more tourism in your city. Yeah. They're going to build state of the art training facilities and, and, yeah. and invest in local development and find some local kid that can be a star 
and you know more jobs like they're like basically they're they're basically going to turn newcastle into like i guess in america like what austin was probably 20 years mm-hmm. ago from just like this small town that like isn't known for a whole lot until now it's like one of the favorite cities in the states so like newcastle i mean i don't i've never been to newcastle either but this will only make it a better place and a more desired place to go like a destination instead of just like oh yeah like we're going through newcastle we're going to you know, spend the night and keep going north because we're on our way to like, you know, Scotland or wherever. I don't know. You know? Yeah, you bring up a good point because this will do, I mean, if done well, which obviously I think it will be done well, it'll do really well for the city of Newcastle and the people of Newcastle. It will bump up the economy. Um, One of the things that Vincent Company said actually when he talks about when he was leaving Man City, he was talking about, you know, he had been there through the entire transition. He was there before City was City. Uh, and he was like, yeah, I saw these, you know, I was there when we didn't have these facilities and we barely had a shower. Like There was like one door on the shower stalls. Like it was literally mm-hmm. a dump. And now, you know, we've got these incredible world-class facilities, probably, if not the best, one of the best in the world to train, to shower, to sleep, to eat, you know, training coaches nutrition coaches like it's 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 done wonders for manchester in and of itself i mean even when ronaldo was there at you know across whatever at man united there were jokes about you about manchester being kind of like a dumping ground but you know since these teams have started to perform better namely manchester city you know it's it's really become a a a way better bigger cooler growing city um, you know, Grace was there a couple of years ago, loved Manchester. So, you know, I think that pumping money into these clubs in these cities that aren't a London um, or a Paris does does really good for the people and the city itself. So I don't know what yeah. people have to be extremely mad about. Yeah, I mean, what I don't know. Like, what do you expect? Like, it's the world sport. I get it's the poor man's sport, but, you know, it isn't anymore. We've been paying 300 bucks for cleats for 10 years. We've been paying... 200 bucks for a ball for 20 years like it's just it's yeah it is what it is point. at this point you know it's it's i'm sorry like i i get i i yeah it kind of hurts that, that all of that costs so much but i don't know i mean if you're really upset about it what are you doing for grassroots what are you doing for these lower leagues you know what you're mad that someone's buying your club that's in 19th place right now like that's you couldn't yeah. ask for something better for football i don't think yeah, yeah, like they're like they like these guys, these Saudi guys are essentially saving a community. A community, you're right. Like whether like whether like regular teams like you get relegated, like there goes half the payroll. Yeah, we got to sell off half the players just so we can meet. You know, make make it to the end of the next year. Yeah, these guys come in by your team by if by some reason you still get relegated, they're just gonna double down. Right. They're not going to sh- turn the lights off. They're not yeah. going to cut the water off. They're like, you know, we didn't come and buy this club for how many ever, like three, four hundred million just to see you guys go under. Like we, we want to be a force here and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to invest until we get what we want. Cause if not, I mean, they're, they're proud people. Yeah. It would be embarrassing. They don't want to be embarrassed. No. It's not like when Americans buy a club and you know, it's an investment. As long as we make 5% every year, we're happy. Right. No. These Saudi guys, they come in, they buy these these Russians. They come in, they buy for one reason. They got more money. They got fu money, and they want to come through and embarrass somebody. Yeah, they want to come through and win. They want trophies. They want superstars. It's almost like a game to them. It's like they're right. playing Monopoly with real money, and 
There's no losers. There's no losers in that situation. Okay, you're a grassroots football club raising the next Deli Alley. You know what? They're going to just slide you 30 million to bring them up at 17 with zero hesitation. Yeah. And now you get to eat for the next six years, you know, and keep doing your grassroots things. So I, I don't, I can't wrap my head around why anybody would be upset yeah. at this unless you're a top club and you know they're about to knock you off your spot. That's and that's going to force you. Yeah. What are United fans pissed? Are Arsenal fans pissed? Are yeah. you know are Chelsea fans upset? Like, I, you're just a little bit ups- jealous at this point. That's and I get it totally. Yeah, another club that's you've never had to care about and never had to worry about since probably you've been watching football because you haven't watched it since Alan Shearer days. That's yeah. what you're upset about. You know, you're upset that now yeah. this club called Newcastle, who you never cared about, never worried about, is going to come for you. And you know that's that's good for the game, I think. But like you said, like these. The Saudi owners, it's almost like in America, it's like you you like you buy a car to be like better than the next guy. You know, you race them on the street. These guys buy clubs and they try to beat their you know their counterparts of their parents yeah. or to like to kind of like mm-hmm. prove that they're better. So I don't know. I mean, whatever. I'm excited to see it. Also, like it feels good when you can beat City or you can beat Paris. What are you saying? Yeah, so just other things. So also the same ownership groups have been, been uh, what's his name, Mohammed bin Salman, bin Salman, Mohammed, whatever. The guy, his family, they're also, so they're going to, I word on the street is they're also going to buy Inter Milan. Wait, can which, they? Yeah. Because City, so City owns New York City FC. Right. They own like Adelaide FC. They own Manchester City. And they, I think they own three or four clubs. Right. Red Bull, New York Red Bulls, right. RB Leipzig, RB Salzburg, or whatever. So, I mean, I read somewhere, and this could just be fan service, but I read somewhere that they are also interested, very interested in buying Inter Milan from the Chinese. And I promise you, if they do that, I will shoot through the roof. I will be so happy. <laughs> I will be so happy if they buy Inter Milan. Can you imagine? Okay, that we're not talking about that. That's that's speculation, but that's good to bring. I haven't been, heard that. So I mean, I know they're that, hedging their bets. Dang. They're like, we're gonna win one way or another. We got two clubs. We're gonna shuffle things around, and someone's gonna win a Champions League in the next five seasons. I mean, yeah, I would but, imagine Inter to be the one, but buying off the bat, buying two of them, that would be a two of like Newcastle is a pretty historic club. Um, enter obviously like that would be incredible but I don't know you brought up a good point about the relegated clubs nearly going like being lost forever which has happened yeah. in the past which nearly happened to Crystal Palace which is probably going to happen to Stoke or Sunderland like these are clubs that were established the Premier League were there for a long time went down below haven't been able to make like Stoke and Sunderland they haven't been back since they've been relegated um, yeah, I think Norwich is. I feel bad for Norwich because they're every year it's they're in the Premier League, then they're down, then then it's just so just sad. Just a rotating yeah. door between the two leagues. Yeah, you know, if you it's like this... they're not good enough for the Prem, but too good for the Championship. Exactly. Exactly. Like, um, what's it? Ted Lasso's club. Oh yeah, um, Richmond. Richmond. <laughs> yeah, Richmond. Richmond. Shout out to Richmond. Uh, right, we have to get a believe hoodie. So yeah, I'm, I'm. I think it's a good. It's a. It's good. If I was a Newcastle, Newcastle fan, man, I would be so happy. I'd be. Yeah, I'd be over the moon. 
Even if I I'd wasn't. Be, be, I'd be talking. Go ahead. Go. No, I was going to say, I'd be beating my chest and talking so much trash on the internet. Yeah, if I was It's wasn't. like, yo, like, my big brother's coming. He's going to beat the crap out of all of you. Just wait. Just wait. Next season's going to be different. If I didn't already have season tickets to Newcastle and I lived in the area, that would be my first order of business as as just a fan or as a you know someone who lives in the area because you know you're going to be getting paid to go to sell those or you're going to be seeing some really great games if you end up going to all those. Yep, yep. It's, and you get to go to 22 of them or how many ever It's like or 24. Yeah, I tried to get PSG season tickets like, I think I told you like two years ago maybe. Three years mm-hmm. ago? Well, I don't know what it was. And there was already a wait list, so... I don't know how yeah. it is in Newcastle, but... Most of the Premier League teams, there is a wait list, but I don't, I don't know how it is for Newcastle. But you should get on that now if you're... Yeah. A fan. Dude, I'm, yeah. Yeah, because it's going to be it's gonna be tough. And, I mean, I, I don't... Like, is it... It's St. James Park, right? I don't yeah. even know how many people St. James can fit. Um... It can no, I feel like 52,000. Oh, wow. Wow. Yikes. Well, I mean, it, that's kind of, that's borderline a lot. Like, I feel like, you know, that if it's more than 40, it's not like, you know, Spanish giants that right. have like 80 to 100,000 guys. Like, it's not the Wanda Metropolitano right. or Santiago Bernabeu. I feel like that's more than Chelsea Stadium can fit. Am I wrong? Bro, Chelsea's like, I want to say like 44. 30. Yeah, I didn't think... It might be 34, dude. It's a small... Bridge is small, dude. It's always a hassle getting seats there. But that's cool. You I hear, I've never been there, but I hear that's one of the best places to watch a game, even though it is Chelsea. I mean, I guess I'm biased. I enjoyed... I've enjoyed every home game that I've been to, yeah. but I didn't enjoy... Like, it wasn't like when I go to Barcelona, it's like I can just buy a ticket <laughs> and walk into the stadium, you know, yeah. and... And be and it it it, it was it's not easy and I I I guess I like things in life to be a little bit easier when it comes to seeing a team I want yeah and it was like it's always a process like even on the scalper sites it's like yo like you can either give us like five hundred USD for a ticket or you gotta like wait for someone to like put it up and then it's gone in like a second so you just gotta be like a hawk on the uh... anyway Newcastle. Happy, happy for Newcastle. Happy Newcastle, for Newcastle fans, if you're watching. We're very excited to see what this brings to the city, what it brings to the club. I'm really anxious to see who they sign. I've heard rumors of Raheem Sterling. Not sure if those are real or not, but yeah, January. I hope, I hope they make like three or four signings and then like go hard, hard in the summer and sign like just like total like 11 all new players. Some for the bench, and then like nine of them are starters. But <laughs> yeah, because listen, if they get some great players, you will catch me in Newcastle within the next few months. Like that, it, there's never been a reason for me to head up to Newcastle. But if they get, you know, Raheem Sterling, or if they start signing some big names, like that's going to bring tourism. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna. It, it certainly is, and I mean, and if you think that, I mean, Saint James, you said Saint James holds forty four, or fifty two, or fifty. 52. Yeah. I mean, they're going to renovate. They're, they're going to make it a bigger stadium at some point. But, I mean, other clubs, man. They, this The other cool thing about this is it puts pressure on, like, yep. like clubs like Tottenham, Everton, Leicester City. 
I, I hate to say it, Arsenal. Like these yeah. teams that are like right, like all kind of like fighting for those other yeah, spots like top outside 10, of the top, top four. Six type clubs, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, so, like this is putting pressure on everybody. And the sad thing is, if you look at the chart, like they have so much more money than the richest club. It's unbelievable. It's like the richest clubs are in like tens of billions. They have, I think it's 320 billion. I could be wrong. The number's crazy though. Yeah, no, that's like obviously they far. can't spend it all, but well, I mean, yeah, I mean, unless they think of a way to, the, it, it'll be tough for them, I guess, as financial fair play, right? Because of how low their wage bill's probably been the last uh, forever, <laughs> I guess. Well, I guess we should look into it because I know, like, there's like the financial fair play to like participate in like Champions League, Europa League, Conference League, but I think there's a big gap between what those rules are and what the rules are just to participate in the premier league okay or or even more so to a lesser extent to participate in the championship so a strategy might be okay we get relegated to the championship spend crazy money get all the players we want have a foundation come back into the premier league like spend after spending like 550 million in the course of 12 months and then it's like you know, different league, different rules, and now you wow. know, take us as we come. Do you think I don't that's know. the move? I think that I think you can do it in the Premier League because I think the way City was able to do it is like they made those purchases before they were a top four team. So I think, uh, and maybe the rules were different back then in like the early two thousands, to yeah. where it's like, yeah, if you want to go out and spend three hundred million, knowing that you haven't you know made any real revenue, and you know. But, I mean, I don't know. This is all, like, speculation again. I don't know. But I hope I hope they can spend several hundreds of millions of dollars between yeah. now and the end of the season. Yeah. So, well, so the bottom line checks. is congrats to the Newcastle fans. Uh, you know, we know Mike Ashley was hated figure amongst... They hate him. ...every one of you. They um, hate him. And I just actually read this. So it says... So it says... The club is the 17th highest revenue-producing club in the world in terms of annual revenue. 17th? That's pretty incredible for a club that's barely staying up in the EPL. Shout out to the fans. So maybe fans this... Fans coming there buying. Yeah. I mean, we talked about their fan base being great. We also talked about... I, I mean, I said it. And again, I don't mean to offend anyone, but I was like, yeah, I would probably bought Brentford or someone like in a London area, but... 17th highest in world football. That's pretty good. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, con- I, yeah. considering, like, look at... Like, I mean, yeah, that's w- worldwide. Yeah, that's that's a stat I would have never expected Newcastle to be. Like, you think, like, top six clubs in Europe or in England, then you think of, like, all the, like, Champions League teams. Right. Then you think about some of the big market teams in South America. Right. That in their own respect, do amazingly. Yeah. Which, can we just real quick talk about Erling Holland always wearing a Boca jersey? Do we want to save that for another time? Or uh, or do you want to talk about that? Talk about, I, I'll be honest, I never noticed Erling Holland was always wearing a Boca jersey. Really? Ah, I didn't know. I mean, I've seen it probably three times on his Instagram now. Huh, I'm not going to throw out any rumors, but I will say he's a Nike athlete. Playing in Germany, but he's willingly choosing to buy an Adidas jersey from Boca 
Maybe he goes to Boca. You'll put on your tinfoil hats. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, there, yeah, there he is. He's rocking. He's rocking that it? Boca jersey. It's, a, it's yeah, been I a couple it, times. That was a recent okay. one, but he has an older one too. I mean, he's he's and it's always like the newer one, the Adidas one, which is interesting. But anyway, I don't know if he's trying to send a message or if he's just a huge Boca fan. Who watches Boca aside from me? I don't know anyone else in like the northern hemisphere that watches a Boca Juniors game. No, nah, dude, I got one friend on my soccer team that watches the Bocas, and it, occasionally he'll pull up to practice wearing a Bocas junior jersey, but it's like an old one, like a Nike one. I from only like have Nike ones. 2012. Yeah. Is he Argentine? So, no. He served a mission. Got it. See? <laughs> yeah. Who watches Boca games? Who knows them? I mean, yeah. I was walking down the streets today. I was in St. Germain. I saw this guy and this girl... Dude has a cup in his hand and a big thermos like this. And I said, so You know what he's doing. And he said, oh, I, I, <laughs> he was actually from Uruguay. But it was cool. So okay. I chatted with an Uruguay in, in, in Paris, which is cool. He was drinking mate. He showed me up. But yeah, it was cool. Dope. Shout out to all the, all the mate drinkers out there. Yes. Yes. Yes, indeed. Don't forget to go to abrazomate.com and order yours today. Anyway, um, so I mean, that's do we do we want to talk about anything else, Brooks? I mean, how long is this speculation? Been? Erling Holland to Bogus Junior. Congrats to Newcastle. Congrats to the French national team on winning the uh, second UEFA Conference yeah. or UEFA Nations League, the whatever. Friendly trophy. Friendly trophy with a offside goal allowed because of a questionable rule that puts defenders at a massive disadvantage yeah so real quick explain that because you and i were texting and i was like this will be pulled back he was like a yard um it's like like a meter offside <laughs> yeah dude so we were texting it they show they they so they run it back they show the uh like the view but they don't put the lines up but the goal stands so like i was like oh i bet somebody else was holding them on on side and they just weren't in the camera view <laughs> then i watched the free play again from like the field view he's clearly offside right? after the game I was like, maybe it's like, the angle but no he was offside right like it no he was he was he yeah he was unquestionably offside and then the explanation comes in and they're like oh yeah so yeah he was offside but eric garcia made a play at the through ball but he didn't and touch because it Sorry. But he made a play on it, and apparently, based off the rule, if you make a play on the ball, it's just as good as touching it. And if a player is in an offside position, it's the equivalent of you doing a back pass and it being intercepted from a guy that just ran out from the corner flag and bada boom, bada bing. So Mbappe is that a scores. new rule? Because that's not. It's got to be somewhat of a new rule. I that's so. I mean, I didn't go to the FIFA handbook. But based off of, like, everything that I saw and read, it has to be, like, a rule. Let's say it was, like, it's less than two years old. Because, uh-huh. like, no one knew. Like, the only people that knew the rule were the guys in the VAR box. Like, the on-field refs weren't sure. They were getting the conversation. Neither neither manager knew whether or not the goal was going to stand. Mbappe didn't know if he was onside or not, but... Eric Garcia certainly knew he was offside, and he was like, there's no reason. Like, I didn't touch the ball. So, I, 
Like, I feel like it definitely had to be a new rule to the point where, like, no one besides the VARs knew the rule. So... No coach? Yeah. I just read just now, it said that he completely... He touched the ball, according to VAR. I didn't see him touch the ball, but according to this article on shady ESPN FC, which I don't really trust much of what they say because um, they're corny, but they said that he completely, had he completely missed the ball, then it would be offside, but it said they, they said that he made contact with the ball, which I, again, I didn't see contact made with that ball, but I'm not VAR, so everyone in the entire world except for the blindfolded refs in the VAR room uh, saw him touch the ball, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't, I definitely, I mean, the language I kept seeing was make an attempt for the ball, which made me feel like people, everyone was conceding. Yeah, he definitely did not touch the ball. He just tried to. Like in the same way that you would get a red card if you tried to punch someone right. in the face, but you missed. But ESPN says he touched it. I, I, my stance is he didn't touch the ball. Rules are going to be rules in this day and age. And if there's that rule, obviously the goal is given. The goal is good. They're not going to make a mistake. But I think whoever made that rule, I mean, I, I would question whether or not they've ever played football competitively. Yeah. They definitely never played in a defensive position because I mean, like I understand giving the the attacker, you know, the benefit of the doubt because obviously this is entertainment. People want goals. They want people want to see their team win games or even lose games. No one really wants to see a draw, but I mean, come on, like like you're putting a defender in a position where it's like, okay, do I go for the ball or not? If I go for the ball and miss it. The, like if I go for the ball, like say I try to like slide and clear ball and I and I don't get to the ball and now I'm like, you know, up upstream without a paddle because now the attacker right. can just jump over me and basically just be in an offside position poaching and wait for me to like pat. Like at this point, you could just like sit in the goalkeeper's box and wait for someone to do a back pass to the goalkeeper. Yeah. Like... You know, yeah, it's funny that you said because so there's a quote from Eric Garcia and it says it was clearly offside. The referee told me that I tried to play the ball. What should I do? Step aside and let him run? Apparently, this is the rule. So, yeah, I mean, that's what well, is he when you're off when you're so obviously there's a tactic. The tactic is you try to force the man offside, you know, especially in two years and older, I guess it was super like hard to make sure that you were going to get the right call because there was no VAR you know they didn't mm -hmm. let the flag let they didn't let the play run until you know it was tested by or seen by someone else and then you raise the flag 20 minutes later so yeah that's a super weird that he they didn't like they said okay you tried to play the ball you tried to play the ball so like that's what made him not offside it's just it's I don't know, that seems really incredibly wrong and off to me, but hey, evidently that is the rule. So yeah, don't try to play the ball anymore. Just let it go and hope that they call offside and hope, you know, hopefully VAR does its job. It's just interesting because I just think that they're relying on VAR too much to the point of even when, you know, the linesman does know that it's offside, he has to let them keep playing to see what happens. 
And the rule, yeah. or the, the big talk about that, or the concern about that is like, well, what if so-and-so gets hurt? Yeah, know, the injury is my biggest concern, yeah. You know, that's just playing with fire, but I don't know. What I will say is that they're pretty good at going back to the drawing board, albeit a year too late, and saying, okay, like, we should probably rewrite this one a bit and, you know, fix this or whatever. But, yeah, they're kind of just playing with fire a little bit. I think that it's a little dangerous, but, you know, I'm only here in France on an iPhone recording. <laughs> yeah. With my, yeah, <laughs> so. exactly. No red cameras, right. no, no real tech, no, we don't know anything, but I think we can all agree yeah. that Gar Garcia didn't touch the ball, and it's a bogus rule. It is a bogus and... rule. Glad I was able to see it here in France. However, no one cared. <laughs> like, on the streets of France well, the next day, it was nothing happened. It was... No one cared. Well, and that's the sil the silver lining is like, thank goodness this happened in a game that literally no one cares about. Doesn't matter. Um, you know, God forbid it's a World Cup qualifier right. for a team that really needs the points or a decision to a much greater extent, not a World Cup game. Like, can you imagine right. this happening in a knockout stage? Yeah. Like, heads would roll. Yeah. Like, I want France to win and I would still be mad. Like, that's just, Same. like, that's like the cheesiest thing. That Like, that's so cheesy. Yeah. And like, I don't blame Mbappe. I don't blame the French team. I blame the governing body that allowed whoever put that rule and should be should resign. Yeah. yeah you tried to play anyway. it. You tried to do your job. You tried to play defense. You. Yeah. Like <laughs> you, you, you. Oh, you. You made an attempt at the ball. You didn't even get like you. I hate if ESPN said that he touched. He like no. We all saw this. We watched this thing. And he didn't touch the ball. He if he touched touch the, the ball, ball, it wouldn't have been a perfect pass to Mbappe's feet if he touched the ball. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was pretty interesting. Cool. Um, the well, last thing I don't know. So, real quick, I don't know if this is something we should bring up, or maybe we cut this into different pieces. But did you hear Mbappe saying that he didn't feel supported enough when he missed the PK in the Euros? Dude, I, to be honest, I kind of let that drama go. I know there okay. was drama around it. Uh, I don't, I don't, I didn't hear that part. Okay. I only heard that. I don't know what else was said, but I just heard him saying, I wasn't supported enough by the team. I'm like, dude, like, what do you want? I mean, everyone is upset. Uh, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, of course, like, you want to feel supported and, like, it's okay. But in the heat of the moment when you, you know, essentially... Not let down, but kind of let down yeah. uh, your, no, you your teammates. Me I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to. It's hard to. I don't know. Come back and be like, it's okay. We'll get him next time. Like, yeah, this is, yeah, whatever. Well, I think I think Karim Benzema to a certain degree did finally do that because so that's why they he played. I think they took the PK that what yeah a couple nights yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Was was it Belgium? Yeah. Against Belgium. Yeah, it, it, Benzema gave him the ball and was like, okay, I think we, we can finally put this yeah, behind let's us. put this away. You take this CK, you're going to be the man right now. Yeah. Which, my hat's off to Benzema. Dude. Benzema, I, he's, a, he's, yo, he's, Benzema's the man. Him coming back to the team has been... <laughs> Olivier I Hull. love Karim Benzema. Yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I mean... 
the reality is okay well then we're gonna wrap this up the reality is i'm a huge french fan same i love benzema i love mbappe i love the whole team i would love to see them repeat like i like belgium it's clear to me that they don't have the depth to do anything right like the tournaments and the way these games are being played and their the congested schedule mm -hmm. they don't have the depth I'd love to see. I'd love to see Karim Benzema and the French national team bring home another World Cup trophy. I'm with you. I don't think anyone else can do it. No. I'm just being honest. I mean, listen, like, aside from that Euros, they, you know, they were up, what, 2-1 or 2-0? What was it? 3 against Sweden. I mean, against Switzerland. They had no, they had no reason to lose that game. They had no business losing that game. Honestly, yeah. they could have and should have won the Euros. Uh, but I it, I think that they can win the World Cup again in 2022. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just, yeah. I mean... It's just they're so deep. They don't have... It's the depth. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to have Giroud. They're not going to have... Um, man, I'm losing everyone's name. The, the, the defender that plays for Barcelona who was scoring game-winning goals, headers, in the World Cup in 2018. Who's not being played at Barcelona? What's his name? For a French guy? Yeah. Oh, Sam, my man Samuel and Kutiti. playing. You know, there all, yeah. all these guys that are just not even making it to the, you know, backup squad. There's guys that aren't team. even at the camp. Yeah, and they're still incredible. The French France and has then, like, so you much got, depth, and they got young guys that haven't even capped for the squad yet that are still like play, playing in like top five leagues and top in like Champions yeah. League squads. Like you got guys playing in the French league. You know, winning championships with Lil that, you know, right. Deschamps isn't even thinking about that could step up and do a job for you, need right. be. My man Dembele hasn't played for the better part of the year because he's injured. But if he but if they take him to Qatar, he can he can come in off the off the bench and score you a hat trick yeah. if he wanted to. You know, he'll play for his country if they if you know, if Benzema tells him he loves him too, he'll play for him. Yeah. These boys just need a little bit of love and then Griezmann. He, he plays well for France. I mean, he didn't even play good this last international he, break. He, he hasn't still, had a good break, yeah. He didn't have a good break, but he still played. Yeah. No, mm -hmm. I mean, because for, for France, like, he's he always comes through. Even if it's even if he's not playing well, he's still kind of a spark that they need on the field. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, that's the, yeah, that's the point I'm making. And that new kid, like, number, who's their number eight right now? Who is that kid? First international Don't, pack? I, I, Goodness sakes. Can't even yeah. say his name, but I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, dude, like, a, a few times I thought, <laughs> I, like, I thought he was somebody else, and I'm, like, I felt embarrassed, because I, like, I was, like, yo, like, he's a ball, and I'm, like, wait a minute, I don't even know who he, I don't even know who that is, Captain I was, like, is that Thomas name. Lamar? Yeah, no. no, that's not Thomas Lamar. Who also <laughs> you know? doesn't even get into the squad. Bro, it, 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 it really runs that deep. It really runs that deep. They need to get a better goalkeeper. He's a scrub. Put my man Mandana, or Mandana, what's his name, Mandana, the Olympic uh, Marseille goalkeeper. Yeah. Mandana, Mand... Anyway. Isn't his name All right, Steve bro, let's call it. All right, we're good. No, let, yeah, let's call it. We're at, we're at about 45 minutes. The new format, I think we decided we want to do about 45 there minutes. Yeah, I mean, you might break this up into France being a second one. Even better. Cool. Let's wrap it. Whoop. All right, well, guys, uh, it's been real. Thanks for hanging out with us on the 12th Man Podcast. We'll catch you next week. Peace.